Welcome to the Houdini RC Heli Podcast. This is episode 13. Today's date is 08-30-2020. Today we have Brent and Kenny. Brent's back from his vacation. Say hi, hey, guys. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. And Kerry may show up later. He's uh, doing a little buy and sell today, so he's a little busy. If he jumps in later, that's fine, but if not, we'll move it along. I'll jump in first with my week. So work's been good. Not too bad. A little slow. A little issue I had last week at work got blown over. No big deal. Um, foot got a little bit better this week, but it did a little too much walking, a little too fast at work and started hurting again. And so still trying to clean my wound. But other than that, it's been good. Got a daughter off at college. COVID spread special up going on up there, but hopefully they don't bring it back home. Wife and kids have been good. School's starting back up. Life slowly is getting back to normal. And Brent, have you been for the last, was it two, three weeks? Yeah, about what, three weeks now. Still going along with the online learning. Uh, it's getting easier, easier each week. Yeah, so we've been doing the, the online learning and all that stuff. Sounds like we'll be doing it probably till the beginning of October, and then we have a fall break. So it's sounding like we'll take our fall break maybe a week earlier than planned and then come back after that in some type of capacity in person. So I don't know if that's going to mean everybody back normally or if it's going to be one of the hybrid things. So we'll see how that goes. But... Uh, other than that, everything's been going smooth. Sweet. Cool. Kenny still breathing? I'm still breathing. I'm still doing my thing. Uh, this past week has been life-wise, uh, non-eventful. Uh, work-wise has been a pain in the back end. <laughs> it's, anyway, things are well. Sweet. Up on the show today, we're going to go over, for the main topic when we get to it, we're going to go over best crashes or funniest crashes. And I've got two listener emails that I was going to go over from RC Heli Darren and DX7 Brian. Or maybe that's DX7 Brain. I always have problems with Brian and brains. Brain's not the greatest. I believe it's Brian. Okay, Brian, not brain. It could be DX7 brain. It brain could too. be. We'll see. But anyway, uh, since the last podcast, which it's actually been a week now, trying to push this back on the schedule, but um, my Gowie X7FC started having a ticking sound on spool down. It kind of had it from the beginning, but it started having it again, so... I took pulled the torque tube out and the ends of the torque tube, the actual shafts, I actually pulled those out and actually glued those into the, uh, into the aluminum rod and then bolted them back in and kind of fixed that ticking sound I had after a flight. There is one thing I need to do on this. I was looking on the Heli Freak form and they were talking about a tell hum sound. 
and guys had said that they green Loctite the bearings into the tail hub, the ones that hold the actual tail shaft itself. So I need to pull that apart and get that done just as a precautionary situation. Kind of hate using thin green Loctite, but if it'll, if it'll keep a situation from arising later, I'm gonna do it. So need to get that done, probably start that tonight sometime after the podcast. The other thing is I found a helicopter in the trash can this week. I was at the field just walking by, loading my car back up after flying. And I always normally try to look in the dumpsters or trash cans at the flying field. Sometimes people throw away. I've picked up full airplanes that are crashed with all of the electronics in them before. This helicopter is just a, a line 450 B2. It's got a line head on it and line tail hub. I'm actually planning on taking the Innova 450 and this helicopter and kind of mashing them together. And then I have a buddy of mine, Nelson, that has a, he has a scale helicopter that the frame is kind of eh, not the greatest, but the body's good. So I'm going to try to mesh the three of them together and get that guy a flying scale helicopter. Cause I have, I have a bunch of E bars and, Spectrum satellites. I know he flies Spectrum still, so all we have to do is bind it up and let it rip. Nice. So trash can fine. Always look at the trash cans in the flying field. Never know what you're gonna find. The Facebook has switched up on me again. It about two two three weeks ago it tried to switch on me and I switched it back to the classic view, but today it just switched over to the new whatever. Facebook view that they use and I'm having yeah, difficulty getting it switched back and it's pissing me off. I'm really struggling with Facebook as it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I really am. I mean, I, I dislike it. Uh, there's, there is some neat groups in there. Uh, but the whole, and you know, of course I'm very specific. The rest of it though is, I don't know. If I could just keep some of the groups and, and not do any of the Facebook stuff, I'd be happy. Yeah, I definitely enjoy the messenger on it and the, some of the groups. But other than that, there's way too many ads feeding. Too many ads into it, too much cookies and snooping going on with Facebook and our actual lives that's going on around it. But whatever. To each his own, I guess. They have to make money too. Getting a little bit better at using CAD, uh, Fusion 360. Um, I still have a lot, lot to learn. Been printing out, doing some adjustments to some 3D print files and trying to mesh stuff together. But for the most part, it's been just trying to get better at learning that situation and those type of things. Did you look at those two files that I sent you today? I saw the pictures. I did not get the files, but I haven't checked my Hotmail or anything like that. So I sent them to you via text. Oh, okay. I'll have to see if I can. I saw the pictures. I just need to see if I can download it and then plug my phone into the computer. And I don't know what the problem is. That's I have sent that I've sent it out email. I've emailed myself. Um, 
and I have not been able to get that that uh, file to go out via email, so I texted it. So just see if you can download it and and move it over to your computer. All right. Yeah, I just got a bunch of pictures. <laughs> I think you're full of it. You have to email it to me and we'll we'll figure out some way to get it over. I'll get that print done for you. So these oh. are files that Kenny once printed for the XL380 to adapt the Protos non-Evo canopy. Is that correct? That's that is correct. So it's not the Evo version of the canopy. It's the original pod and boom MSH version of the 380. So just, just to go a little more detail in that, I know several people that fly the, the XL Power MSH380, and it comes with a very small canopy, uh, pretty thin. And most people like prefer the original MSH canopy. Yeah, I would agree. So a friend of mine uh, found somebody that uh, was able – that design this and I don't know if he did the CAD work that's kind of what I'm taking it as that he did the CAD work turn it into a is it STL file is that correct correct actually made them and so I started talking with the with the gentleman back and forth and he's from way out of the country I don't want to say any names because I don't know uh I just don't, I, I'm just not comfortable with that. But I started talking to him back and forth and it turns out that we were already friends. <laughs> and well, I mean, it, you know, you got people on your, on your Facebook page that you True. don't know. Well, this gentleman being multiple hours away from the U S we got to talking back and forth and he shared these files with me along with some pictures and so we're going to see if we can get these printed and, and be able to use that here in the U.S. on our stuff, at least. Yeah, it so, should, should be pretty easy to print. It didn't look like a complicated file. I know that uh, I was very grateful for him sharing that stuff because he's definitely put some work into that to make it work. Yeah, we'll have to try it out and see. It, from the pictures you sent, it looks viable option i need to start looking for a canopy though <laughs> i know shannon used to have them i don't know if he still has them or not uh, well if the canopy i don't think is going to be the problem i think the magnets are going to be the problem uh, yeah i could agree i think i think they have the new magnets i think they're in stock i kind of remember Oh, it. and that that very well may be. Uh, that would be awesome if it if they did. We talked about it this weekend, and and uh, and I hadn't gone out and looked. I just, but I was under the impression that they hadn't made those yet. So, hopefully, I'm wrong. I think you are wrong. I think I've seen. Okay, them. that's and awesome. Price is a little bit better, also. So, not as expensive. But anyway, that's about all I've been up to. I got a little flying in, did some 
fixing up a 470L for a buddy and doing some tests on that. But what day did you fly? Last week, like Tuesday. <laughs> okay. So you so, didn't fly this weekend? No, I haven't been out. I just trying to recover with my foot from work. I actually left work early, which is bad on me, but um, I did get all of my work done before I left. So limping around like a, like a wooden leg squared up. You just need to put your big boy panties on and go fly. I know I'm going to get out this week tomorrow or something. At least uh, I, I tried to call you yesterday morning to get you to go with us. Yeah, I was, uh, I think I came home with sleep. Who knows? I, I, I can't keep track of my sleep and not sleep. And it's all good when I'm up. all good. But anyway, we'll transition into to Brent next. I'll leave Kenny for last and try to keep him awake. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I wasn't here last podcast, but I did get out and fly the uh, last weekend and today. So last weekend, everything was going well, and I finished my flights, and it was getting late. I had been at the field. See, I got there at like 7.30, and we um, had a pretty important meeting at the field. So we had that meeting, and there were quite a few plankers there, so it was hard getting flights in that day. So I was there till like 12.30, something like that. So anyway, my buddy has been trying to work get me to work on autos so he's like here just use some of my batteries in your uh 700 so i was like you know i was like no nice. no i'm ready to go i'm ready to go you know i'm tired it's like no 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 you're gonna try it and i'm like all right so we put it in and i um put the batteries in go out there and i go about eye level and he's like okay turn it off you know and and do your auto so I did that and it came down okay. And then he's like, okay, on the next time, do it again, you know? So as soon as I hit throttle hold off, I was still in idle up one. The tail whipped around and the, um, and the blades were kind of loose. So it boom struck and just ate itself on the ground. Oh, man. Ouch. So. Yeah, so that sucked, but it ended up not being too bad. I had most of the parts already, and uh, my friend had some extra blades. He's letting me use until I can get some more blades. But, yeah, it was not fun, but we got it put together, and I flew it again today. So, And this was your machine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's just trying to push me to get me to do, you know, do more. He's like, you need to learn how to do autos, so just go eye level and start there. So I'm I'm able to do that pretty well, um, but it's just I I didn't put it back into normal mode before spooling back up, and it just went into I don't know fail safe or something he was saying, and it spun really violently actually, and just totally ate itself. So, but like I said, luckily I had most of the parts on hand, so it, it wasn't too bad. Had to order a few things, a few gears, torque tube gears and stuff, but. Got all that in this week, and and he helped me put it back together, and I flew it today, went out today again. We started, I decided to start going out a little bit later, even though it's hot, because a lot of the plankers come out around 7, 38 o'clock, you know, and they're leaving around 10, 11 o'clock. I've been having a hard time, like I said, getting flights in. 
So I went today at, I got to the field a little after 10 o'clock and it was very slow. So it was nice. So I think that's what I'm going to start doing from now on until it cools down. Cause I'm sure when it cools down, they're going to start coming later too. So we'll see, maybe I'll have to go back to going early. I'll just have to see how the, the crowds are, but yeah. So it's, it's been tough getting flights in the last couple of weeks. So you got it all repaired and yep. Yep. It's flying again. Um, we got it repaired, did the last little repairs at the field today and, and brought it up and, and flew it around and it flies just as well as it did before I had that mishap. So it's going nice. good. Yep. Heck yeah. Yep. So yeah, the last few weeks been flying, got to get into some routines going on pretty soon here. Um, yeah, still thinking about selling the Soxo, so I'm not sure yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had that on the podcast last week, and I was like, yeah. yeah, let me delete that. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's, if I, there's a local guy that's kind of interested, so, but he's, he's kind of not sure yet, and that kind of thing, so we'll see what happens. If I keep it, it's no big deal. I, it's a great flying heli, and if I sell it, I sell it, so. Um, like I said, I was working on autos, so that's but my goal is working, getting better at autos and then also working on my turns because I tend to use more rudder in my turns and I don't bank as much. And I think one reason is I still have that fear about it going in, you know, turning oh, it. Falling. falling yeah, out. falling out of the sky uh, type of thing. So, so um, you're just supposed to go really fast and then just lay it over on its side and then go pull back some pieces. collective. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i get i i don't go fast enough and then it's just kind of like i i'm more turning the tail when i want to turn the heli instead of banking it so that's something i'm working on right now on the sim and i want to work on it uh next week at the field so and the as you guys mentioned on the last podcast the southwest southwest heli rodeo is on at my field at our field in tucson at the Tucson Radio Control Club. It's going to be November 12th through 15th. I'll be there probably Thursday night and all weekend, and I'm going to enjoy that because usually I'm only at the Southwest Heli Rodeo maybe one day um, nice. because I have to drive an hour and a half or two hours each time, but now it's in my you know 20 minutes away, 15 minutes away. So I'll be able to, to stay longer and stuff, so I'm really looking forward to it. And coming together so i see on facebook that we have some sponsors now and ben storks coming so that'd be kind of cool awesome yeah yeah that's a really good event we'll see <laughs> i haven't <laughs> ruled it out yeah i know I, I was like when they when they said the date i'm like oh crap because it's right after your, your guys's fun fly and i'm like oh i wish it was kind of broken up more yeah. So that you guys would be able to come and be be cool to have, you know, even just get together, you know, and meet. So, yeah, that's a that's one of the best events that I've been to. It's I think I, it was twenty fifteen when we went or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's always a really fun event, really laid back, and our field is pretty open, so they should have quite a few flight uh, flight stations. So nice. Heck yeah. Is that all you have, Brent? That's all I got. That's the 
bottom of the barrel. <laughs> shoot one more text out to Kenny. Yeah, I'm actually uh, updating something. I'm glad that you mentioned the Southwest Tele Rodeo um, because not this coming weekend, but the next weekend is a, a, an event here locally. When I say locally, it's three-hour drive. Mm -hmm. But it's in it's Abilene Chopper, Ch Chopper Madness. Oh, nice. It's hard so to tell what events are coming up now that you know COVID's closing everything or closing some things down. But it seems to be, you know, open, more things are opening now. So we'll see. Have you ever been to that event, Kenny? Southwest or Abilene? Abilene. Uh, one time. Okay. Yeah, we met when when I went out there. We met Curtis and who else was there? May have been Brian. Anyway, we met Curtis out there, and that was when the stingrays were coming in. And so Curtis, we'd already had our prototypes that we had been flying for quite a while. When Curtis we met Curtis and actually picked up our kits and we built them at the field and flew them uh, that same day later on that evening. And so Curtis was putting kits together, letting people try them out. And, but anyway, that's when I went. It's been a long, it's been a while. That's nice. But I have not ever been to the Southwest Heli Rodeo. Yeah, it's a it's always a good event, and it's too bad it wasn't in the at the um, farm we're usually at. But I'm really excited, like I said, to have it in my hometown, so I can I don't have to drive so far, and I can actually go every day. So, what's the dates on that? Uh, it starts the Thursday the 12th of November and goes to Sunday the 15th. Oh, um that's really bad timing yeah yeah i figured <laughs> yeah i guess the field they were saying the field will be open probably thursday afternoon for people coming in so yeah yeah i know it's hard for especially with your guys's event the week before it's like oh i was happy it wasn't on the same time but i'm also like i wish it was a little bit different but um, it is what it is i guess it is what it uh, is. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's on you, Kenny. You transitioned into it. So. Okay. Well, um, since we're talking about events, just real quick, and we've talked about uh, Southwest Heli Rodeo, we've talked about uh, Abilene Chopper Madness. Uh, so November the fourth is. I'm just putting these back in the notes. November the 4th uh, through the, what day is that? I should know that by heart. <laughs> the 4th the through the 8th. 8th. Is the Apache Pass Ice House event. Nice. So we are gearing up for that. We kind of talked about that a little bit last weekend, but I just want to make you know, we need to put it as a sticky or something in the on the web page, so people know when those events are. Yeah, I'll drop so, the show notes. Uh, just uh, I know that I've already said it, but that is a 
three line flight line event. So you're going to have a sport line of airplanes and a 3D line of airplanes, and then you'll have a sport line of helicopters. Uh, we had a EC meeting the other the other day, and so we are going to have night or uh, light towers out there. We'll have two of them on the flight line for the helicopters, and we'll have three on the 3D line. Um, and there may be one more after that, but at least those five uh, night towers. So it's always a lot of fun. Uh, we are expecting a big crowd out there this year. We've got on the airplane side, there's a lot of name, uh, I'm, I'm gonna call it name brand, but pro pilots that are coming out. As far as the heli line, you've got us, the infamous Richard and, <laughs> <laughs> and Kenny and Sloan and there's a you know gonna have more noon guys. demos huh? <laughs> gonna have noon demos with the the Houdini heli or heli podcast demos yeah Richard said he was gonna do a demo and what <laughs> <laughs> there you go I've not done a demo in my life actually I've done like one it scared me to death I've done several um. Guy. Demolition guy. <laughs> well, see, that just adds another level of, of fun when you get to watch it. As long as nobody gets hurt. Yes. Anyway. So, I've got good news. My N5C is, is ready for Maiden. Yeah. I spent some time with that today. Spent some time so, for a long time on that. I know, I know. What can I say? You're getting like me, slow <laughs> at building, huh? <laughs> well, it's not that I'm necessarily slow at building. I can usually pump through one pretty quick if I want. Uh huh. But I don't know. I just my uh, level of enthusiasm just wasn't quite there would, for whatever it's worth. Whatever the reason is, it's just. Yeah. It's been on the bench too long, so uh, it, I'm going to commit to getting that in the air, and, and I don't know if I'll be able to do that this next weekend because we've actually, my wife and I have plans this next weekend. Yes, I'm actually taking my wife out for the weekend. There you go. Got to do that once in a while. Yeah, I just I don't like saying that too loud because then she's going to want me to do it all the time. <laughs> so you can go to hell events. That's yeah. right. Yep. <laughs> I went flying this weekend, had a good time. I did a bonehead move of I loaded my 696 and uh I have I have a problem with the 516 ESC. I have not resolved that yet. And so I've just got a small 380 that I take for backup if I'm if something goes south. Well, something went south all right. I left my battery <laughs> I didn't bring it with me. I got two two stick packs and I didn't bring it with me. And so I was pretty bummed about that. Oh, that stinks. So I flew the uh 380 all day and you know, I pushed it. I had fun with it. Uh I didn't bring it back in a trash can, so that's good. That is good. Uh had a friend that came out and 
and he brought an airplane. So I flew okay. an airplane yesterday as well. He uh, had a uh, flex. <laughs> it's a Flex Innovation Mamba Ten, and he hasn't flown in about ten years. Oh wow! And so he he got it all together, and I looked at all the control throws, and he's he's using a new Radio South. Uh, is that a T sixteen? I yes, believe the, the oh, okay. Open TX that helicopter. Yes, Open TX. So he hasn't ever set anything up like that before. And anyway, we got it going and did the maiden on it yesterday. Flew it twice. Of course, Flex Innovation, it uses that Aura 8, I think. Correct. It flew well. He got to fly it as well. So he didn't take off or land, but he was able to fly. Um, so yesterday was a good day. What do you think about that radio? I, I don't like the open TX stuff, but I think the screen looked really good. I think the gimbals and the radio itself felt really good. And it, it actually, it, I, I was surprised on how well it flew, how well the radio felt. The only thing I didn't really care for, which I think would just take a little bit of time to get used to, was the trims. The trims just seem like they're too far away. Yeah, but for... For a helicopter pilot, we normally don't use trims. Correct. For a plane, we you do, but for a heli, we don't. So, well, once you set it, you kind of forget it after that, yeah. unless you put a different battery or a different motor on it and go to 4S. It's a one-time set and move on. Yeah, that's cool. I just I'm interested in that radio, but I'm not. It's 169 dollars. I know it's cheap. It is. It's cheap. It's a color screen. It's. I just don't want to learn anything else. I'm too right. old. Too old to learn new stuff. So anyway, that was that was my weekend. <clears throat> Sweet. I guess Carrie's not going to make it in time. I'll see if he jumps in later. I guess. Off to the main topic. Best crash or funniest crash? This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really have a funny crash. I just dropped in in our case. Somebody didn't actually have. Actually, I actually do I have. Odd I've, crash. <laughs> I do have one of those that I'll mention. So best crash ever in my history was a Logo 500. I was out night flying with a buddy out at his ranch, and we we're doing night flying, and then we headed back to charge batteries, and his girlfriend showed up, and he was like, oh, I want you to see his helicopter fly at night. So we drove all the way back out to the place where we were flying, and I wanted to take off sideways so you could see the helicopter really good. Cause I normally take off tail end, you know, and mm -hmm. get into a hover and then do my flight routine. So I rotated the model to sideways so you can see it really good. And I took off and I went into a forward flight, but for some reason I gave full negative <laughs> when I went into that forward flight and it just completely <laughs> obliterated the machine. I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere. It's completely dark. The helicopter's all lit up and all of a sudden it just went from, you could see the helicopter to you couldn't see the helicopter. Oh God. And then 
you could start hearing the battery hiss. So my buddy <laughs> ran over there and ripped the canopy off of it, grabbed the battery and chunked it into a pond behind us. And it caught flames right as he let go of the battery. Just oh wow. And unfortunately, this is right when Ready Heli had closed. Oh and yeah. You couldn't get any Mikado parts. Like nobody That's knew right. what was going on if 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 it was just completely dead, Mikado was going away hundred percent. So I ended up fixing the helicopter and then selling it right after that just because I didn't know if I was gonna get parts and then transition into only find helis with Shannon and the DT520 after that. Nice. But it was a very expensive crash. Lost a lot of stuff, put a big divot in the golf course. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> Probably the funniest crash I had was with a DT600 Nitro. Not putting many people know that even existed, but I do. DT made a plastic frame 600 Nitro, and it was really light. It was probably one of the better flying nitro helicopters I've seen. It had a herringbone main gear, pinion, OS50 in it. flew flew great. It was a light light heli because of the plastic frame. But I ended up uh, I had a flame out, or the motor died, or or I was in normal mode. I can't remember which one. But anyway, I, I flipped and I was had a flame out inverted and like just landed it inverted and it like kind of uh, dog boned and flipped itself over after it crashed and I just cleaned the blades off, checked it out, spooled it back up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did that I think two times with that helicopter where I should have, if it at least should have been broken blades and so forth and so on. Yeah. I've seen that before where somebody does something and they're inverted and they're, they're, they don't really have enough momentum to get it flipped back over or whatever. And they just landed on its head, you know, yeah, like I've an seen auto that. and they do it real slow. Yeah. It actually they, works out good. If it's, it's a, it's a, it's a split decision. I mean, it's a one second yeah. decision. You have to make a decision where if you're going to try to flip the heli over and then you don't have the inertia and it's going to break the skids and the lower frame or so forth and so on, or, it's inverted and you're just going to set it down as soft as possible in, in an inverted. Yeah. I think if you have a lot of tall grass, like um, weeds or hay grass or something like that, uh, I would say just leave it inverted and try to set it down. Yeah, but you're right. That it's a split decision. I mean, it's, you can't, you can't, favor you have to like immediately make a decision on that one way or the other but that's all i have that's the probably the two that stand out in my from what i remember yeah mine mine would be um well they're kind of both best and uh, not funniest but kind of awkward, weird so i had a, a gowie x3 and I was waiting for my buddy to come and um, come to the field. And I'm like, oh, I'll get a flight in before he gets here. So I go out there and start it up. And I was just working on my bank turns and things. So I lift it off and go into a bank. And it just went right into the ground. I think I had a servo get stuck or something like that. And it, it was like a, a heli that I had gotten used 
from another buddy that's out of the hobby now and he flew it for a long time so i think it was just time anyway but the weird thing about it was i never found the tail assembly and it didn't crash like in um bushes or anything like that it crashed just kind of in the gravel the gravel area gravel area past the um the the asphalt runway so it wasn't like huh. it i don't i'm like i could never find it and i spent a long time looking for it i could not find it i couldn't find the the tail grips the tail hub the tail blades it was just like it scorpioned the tail and the torque tube was sticking out but the the rest of the tail's gone wow that's probably that was probably a really expensive crash yeah i ended up trashing the model and got something different but and pulled the electronics out but yeah i was like what the heck you know i looked everywhere and people were looking <laughs> my buddy was looking and i'm like it can't be that far away and yeah and even to this day, I still wonder where that thing is. Oh, they still never found it? No one found it. No. Not that I know of, at least. Yeah. So I was like, that is weird. But I don't know if it went in and just kind of flew out into the desert somewhere, and I just didn't notice it or what. But it was pretty funny because I, st <laughs> I still can't believe I can't find that. But Yeah, it always... It always sucks when you crash and you can't find parts or yeah. ESCs or <clears throat> you start hunting stuff. Yeah. Luckily, like the one, my Align 700, everything was right there on the on the runway. So it was easy to get all the links and everything. But yeah, it's that other crash was a tough one. <laughs> so but I haven't really, you know, I haven't had too many knock on wood crashes. Um, I've had like things happen where if me, I had a little bit of damage here and there, like um, I, I used to have a goblin 380 and I had a servo, my tail servo, uh, totally locked up and the tail started going around and I hit throttle hold and, um, I got it down. I autoed it, but it, you know, came down pretty hard and just broke like the skids or whatever, but I was lucky I didn't put that one in. So... <laughs> Yeah, crashing's crashing's never fun. No, no. It is part of the game. Yep, and that's what I said. Exactly, that's exactly what I said last week. I was like, "Well, that happens." So, so I'm. Yeah, sometimes it it hurts though. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, not not just the financial aspect of it. Sometimes it just sucks. You mean your pride gets hurt too? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that normal? Whenever you have a crash, the first thing that you do is turn around and see if was anybody looking. Yeah. And the worst part about my uh, my field is it's like uh, mostly the plank guys, and they're just kind of looking. You know, they're just trying to find ways or reasons why they shouldn't allow helis at our field. So it's like anytime you have a crash where maybe look a little bit dangerous, they're going to be all over it. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of deal, but uh, we've seen some doozies. Speaking of one that I'm not trying to interfere, I was just no. You, go ahead. You reminded me of one back in the day. I flew Raptor fifties, and so this goes back probably 15 years or better. 
might be about 18 years. Anyway, there's a, a pasture that's aside my house and, and I used to go out there and test fly models all the time. Of course, I didn't know there was a church over there next to you. I didn't say, eh, whatever. <laughs> pasture, <laughs> pasture. I'm just throwing You're making fun of my Texas slang. Anyway, um, I was out there test flying a model that I had crashed. Uh, I crashed it, fixed it, and this was the maiden flight. And I lifted off. Of course, it's it's a Raptor 50 Nitro. I lifted off of the ground, and I'm probably about eye level. And back then, I'm running 72 megahertz. I lost it. Not oh. not physically lost it. I mean, not not. Uh, not you know it's not like mm -hmm. i dumb thumbed or anything no. like that the mm -hmm. model just started flying across the road by itself yeah the signal got interfered with. yeah it locked out it went straight across the road oh, high level. <laughs> and i'm just thankful that there's no oh, cars that was coming by now that's the worst feeling and this <laughs> and this thing uh it was going towards a mailbox and this mailbox was sitting on a uh, it's like an old telephone pole that had been there for 80 years prior to me and the the people that lived across the street they had been there for many 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 years this thing hit that that telephone pole of course then i was running thunder tiger blades 600 uh size thunder tiger blades there is no safety wire in there and when that thing hit my wife was standing at the front door. My sister-in-law was standing there talking to her and they're watching this model. And I said something to the fact that I don't have it. I don't have it. And the only thing I'm doing is looking side to side to see if there's any cars coming. And this thing hit that piece of wood and just oh. disintegrated. <laughs> I mean, it, it was jacked up. Oh man. And uh, so, you know, got to pick back up and I'm just pissed off. Anyway, get my composure back together. And what the funny part about that is a couple of years ago, I was in the front yard and mowing the grass in the front yard. And I was fine. I found a piece of blade that was sitting on a tree, the, on the other side of my lot and how this thing wormed its way up to the top of the grass. I have no idea, <laughs> but it did. And there it is a couple of years later, or wow. two years ago. It was funny. Yeah. It's funny yeah. now. It's funny then, but it was funny now. Oh, well, it was probably funny then. <laughs> just not for you. Everybody That's else. It's just it was not funny. for me. Yeah, my, my, it's the first time I heard my wife scream whenever the, uh, whenever she heard that noise, it was like I a bet. shotgun going off. And the funny part about it is, is when I went over there and I looked at the piece of wood, there's not even a mark. <laughs> huh. I, this piece of wood was hard. Anyway, we won't go there. So, yeah, it's funny how those things happen. Timing. Did you have any more? No, I didn't. No. 
Okay. So I've got two pretty hilarious ones. One of them was, it was an MSH 500, ran 420 uh, blades. Uh, I think it was a 2600 success uh, pack, if I remember right, or it might have been 4S. Been too long. Anyway, uh, me and a friend of mine were out at Arca, and, and I'm flying the model, and the tail goes to whipping back and forth. The gain's too high. And I fought that model trying to regain control of that model because, you know, when that tail is whipping, you know, seems like 45 degrees and then you're trying to correct it, it keeps on going in, into different yeah. orientations. And uh, now by that time, my buddy, Bob, is watching. And I just finally just dumped it i mean this thing took a 45 degree into the into the ground and when it hit the ground it the the model it it uh kind of like just drove the front of the model into the ground and then the head swash plate the head block all of it kept on going <laughs> and the the model there must have been a couple of hundred little bitty pieces of broke frame. Jeez. Oh, man. Now, now that part of it was pretty funny, just how that happened. But the part that was funnier is my buddy, Bob, walks up to me. I'm still in shock of what just happened. He walks up to me and says, you know, you should have hit throttle hold. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I looked at him. I said, "Gee, thanks." <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yep, it is. You know, you never know what when you're in situations like that. You're just with me. I'm trying to fly through it. I don't intentionally put a model into the ground, and you know, at one point, I just finally figured out I'm not going to get anywhere on this, and and it's going out of control. And we're at a field that's mainly plankers. And so, anyway, yeah, yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> At that same field, this is uh, probably 2010 time frame. Uh, I'm flying an ENV Nitro. And, uh, of course, that's a 90 size. And... I'm out there flying and I've got some guys behind me and, and back in that day or in that time period, you know, 2010, I was more of a hot dog. I was trying to push myself and, and I don't say, I'm not saying that I don't push myself now, uh, but I don't push myself as hard today as I did back then. Um, anyway, I was doing this massive hurricane and it just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I have people that's watching me. And uh, the model, I'm looking at, uh, I'm on the side of the field. And so the runway is to my right, but we're flying off to the left. And this 
pasture area. So there's some there's a building in front of me way off in the distance and there's a bunch of highline wires and stuff. And uh, there is uh, some guide, uh, the, uh, the cables that help hold the guide, the telephone poles in place. Anyway, I'm coming around and the models to my left and, and this is, I don't know, it's probably my seventh turn on a hurricane and like i said it's just getting bigger and bigger and this model is you know it's on its side and i'm pushing it and all of a sudden it stops in midair <laughs> and goes backwards oh and <laughs> what happened is that guide cable the the head it, it missed the blades surprisingly it missed the blades and it caught the cable caught on, on the head block just below the main grips. And, you know, I stretched the cable for, I don't know, inch or two, and then it pushed it backwards. <laughs> and when I got to the model, the, the whole, the home frame set, it, it's the model is still basically together. It's like a parlor trick. It's like a parlor trick, yeah. And the 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 uh, main shaft is at an angle, so no longer is the 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 main bearing block down on, on the bottom side. It's not sitting in the same place. It's actually pushed forward, huh. and the top main block is pushed backwards. And the bolts it just ripped everything out. Now it all stayed together, but. Oh. Wow. This thing was trashed. <laughs> bent everything in the middle. It bent everything in the middle. Everything. Yeah, I slightly remember that happening. I wasn't there, but I, I do remember the stories. Yeah, I mean, it was funny afterwards. The, the only thing I could say that I remember saying whenever I did that, I said, you guys see that? <laughs> You know, of course, once I walked up to the model and I thought, oh, my goodness. And and I probably said about that same time as thank God I'm on a team right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank God the wire didn't break. Yeah. Thank God the wire yeah. didn't break. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about the wire. I was thinking about this is going to cost me some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it did some damage. Yeah. I had some um, ones that I've witnessed, I guess, that were kind of funny. Um, Those I was funny. Yeah, I was up in Phoenix, and um, one of my buddies up there from up there was flying his uh, Gowie NX7, and he was having some radio issues with it. So this was when JC was living up there. So JC was trying to fix it and trying to go through it. So anyway they think they have it. And so he, he goes up into a hover and the thing just nose dives right into the ground and starts chicken dancing. And the funny part about it was chicken dancing and, and um, JC w was walking up to it to, to pull the lines and it started chicken dancing towards him. So it was like, it was pushing him away. So it was kind of funny when I, when I saw that I was going to videotape that flight too, but I ended up not doing it pretty funny that 
the heli just started moving his way, his direction as soon as he started walking towards it. So yeah, he's like, Oh, he backed away. And eventually it, it stopped chicken dancing and could get to it and pulled everything off. But I did that with a 600, a T-Rex 600 once. And it was, you know how the old saying is, whatever you do on January 1st is what you're going to do most of for the rest of the year. Yeah. So on January the 1st, we went flying. And I had a T-Rex 600 Nitro. The, I started the model up. I walked out onto the flight line. I hadn't even hardly got off the ground and this model laid over on its side. Oh, no. What happened is the battery came unplugged. Oh. And it laid over on its side. And, you know, of course, the model, the engine's wide open. Yeah. And I walk over, or I didn't walk over, I ran over to it to try to shut it off. That did not work out so well because this thing was beating itself to a pulp. Oh, and that at, at the end of the day, I mean, it man, I damaged some stuff on that one. I bet but I know I've said this story again, but for those that haven't heard it before, probably the, the funniest, not so funny crash I've ever had. There was only four people that was there. Uh, Richard wasn't there, but it was. I was asked if I wanted to fly a a uh, Thunder Thunder Tiger uh, E seven hundred, but they said the only thing is, Kenny, is that we don't have a canopy for it. I had never flown naked, as they say, with a helicopter, and I wanted one of these models. You know, it's the E seven hundred. You know, Nick Maxwell he flew this thing. He kind of helped design it. And and it was the great flying model from everything that I saw. And I was excited and I said, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I never thought about the whole flying naked kind of thing. Well, I start doing my normal thing. And the model just became a silhouette of oh. black. <laughs> There's these two, the, the son and the father standing to my left. And then my buddy's over here on my right. And I completely lost it. The model like turned nose towards me. And it did a like a 45 degree nose dive. And it flew into a fence behind us. It's the only time I've ever had a crash where the model went behind us. But this model went behind us. Which you know, it was scary as can be. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and uh, and it went through the fence literally it was like a bullet going through the fence down at the bottom and next thing i know is, is you know i i paid for the model and uh, even though i was told you didn't have to do that and i still felt really bad and i paid for the model yeah that one was a doozy that one was a doozy and a, a friend of mine bob decided that uh he would take a picture post it he posted it on a 
every time we went to an event, he kind of like hung this up just as a reminder <laughs> or something. Yeah, funny guy. Anyway, that's that was the scariest one that I've ever had. Yeah. Because it flew flew behind us. Yeah, luckily nobody got hurt. All fun and games. Yeah, nobody got hurt, and we can all laugh about it now. And it wasn't funny at the time, you know. It, that th that one cost me about six hundred bucks. Uh, uh, and then the worst crash I ever had wasn't that long ago. And that and I'll just say what it was. It was a KDS A7. And it was on its second flight. This I made a mistake on the SBUS thing. I plugged the receiver coming off of a E bar that should have been to the S bus port and I put it on the S bus two port instead. And when I did that, since the S bus two port is bi-directional, it not only listens, it has to talk or it not only talks, it has to listen. So that way you get telemetry back to the radio. That's in short. So when it can't do both at the same time. And so mm -hmm. that's why they say your receiver, you need to be hooked up to the S bus and not to the S bus two. In short, there's a lot more detail to that. And I'm not qualified to talk about that. It's just, that's, I would have to do There's me and a friend of mine, we went through a bunch of stuff and, and he explained everything of why that is the way it is. But anyway, that was my mistake. I plugged it into the wrong thing. I'm up in the air and models flying great second flight. And, you know, and of course the nice thing about the a seven, it's a $399 model okay. out the door. Well, plus shipping and you get the model, you get a, uh, the flight control system and by all respects, it's not bad easy to set up and everything the model you know it felt good in the air but i did the whole receiver part wrong and this model went over on its side and when it hit the ground man it bent some stuff <laughs> so the part that's not so funny on that right there is the the kit was 399 dollars, and the repair cost of that was considerably more. And if I could have just bought another kit, I would have bought another kit. You're just nickel and diamond the repair away. Yeah. Well, and kits wasn't available. Well, they were in the very beginning, but you know, I just never imagined it going that far. True. Anyway, you never know. I mean, it's a lot of inertia whenever models in the air and those and the mains are spinning at 21 or 2200 rpms when it hit the ground things happen lots of stuff breaks lots of stuff breaks crashing's never fun but it's part of the hobby and you have to get used to it so it is it's you know i'll i'll crash again and and i'm okay with it it's uh as long as i can keep that model in front of me and it goes in the dirt it is what it is i hear you well, moving along, we'll go to, I got some listener emails in. I wanted to touch on 
one of them from RC Heli Darren and one of them from DX7 Brian or Brain. We're not sure which one it is, but we'll go to the oldest one. I normally don't like reading and speaking, so we'll see how this goes. So RC <laughs> Heli Darren uh, email came through on August the 10th. He said, hi guys, just thought I'd let you know that you're doing a good job with the podcast. All I would suggest is to let your personalities out a little bit more. Have fun with it, and don't be afraid to be wrong. Every podcast has given out information that is wrong. It's going to happen. You just need to keep it real, have fun with it, and accept that you may have to correct yourselves on another podcast later on. I am one of those Canadian listeners and enjoy listening it helps keep me going while I'm at work. Thanks for all the work you guys do on the podcast. Darren, I'll leave his last name off. So that was the one that came in in August. The current one came in on August 25th. It is titled August 25th episode. He says, hello, my name is Brian. And I've been listening to your podcast since you started. Fantastic podcast. I feel like you talk about normal heli stuff rather than just what's new and top of the line. I like that. Thank you. I just finished listening to your August 25th podcast. Great. Sorry, I just switched this up. For some reason, my mom wants to call right in the middle of a podcast on Facebook. <laughs> You're talking about the Scorpion backup guard, which I know is new, but it piqued my interest. I just finished hiding all the wiring for my Castle BEC on my T-Rex 500 Pro. I think I understand the difference between the BEC versus battery guard. I know you mentioned the battery guard as a topic for future episodes. Maybe you could quickly go over the differences between a BEC and a optic or backup guard and when to use vice versa, when not to use BEC or battery backup guard. Just another heli piece of information that I know bouncing around in my head. Thank you for making the, thank you for taking the time to do the podcast. And if you get through the entire email, Thank you for reading it. Brian E. The end. I hate reading. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, thanks, Guy, for the email. Absolutely. For emails, I should say. Yeah. And, so, and, the, and he asked a good question. So the question was, what's the difference between a BEC and a backup guard? So, Richard, what is a BEC? Uh, BEC is a battery elimination circuit is what it stands for. It is used as power to your flybarless unit from a larger power source, be it a 6S battery or a 4S battery, so forth and so on. Most of our flybarlesses can adapt at least 8.4 volts, which is a 2S battery. A BEC will take a 6S 22 volt to 25 volt battery and convert it to 7.4 volts or whatever you need. Makes sense. Yeah, and not 
not all all BECs coming off of an ESC work more or less the same way, but they're not all the same. Correct. You're you have a BEC that comes out of your ESC, but depending on the ESC, let's say Castle in this case, their BEC that comes out of the ESC sucks. Yes. It's like four amps. It's not enough to run your system. So normally yeah, and, and unless you're running like a four fifty or something like that. Even then I probably wouldn't trust it, but well back in the day when we were running the the raves we ran the the BEC coming off of the castle. We didn't have a separate battery or we didn't wire in something separate. So it, it will work, but on a much smaller platform. True. And then the OptiGuard is a safety system in case that BEC or such fails. Yes. Any type of backup guard, OptiGuard, whichever there's manufacturer. A, there's uh, the UltraGuard. Uh, there's the Pulse Ultra Defender. There's the Scorpion Backup Guard. And now version two of the Backup Guard. Yes. Um, so hopefully that answers your question, Brian. The differences between the two need more information just contact me yeah and if if it's okay i'm going to add one other thing to it that's fine on the bec there's been a you know an old topic of do i run a separate receiver pack or do i run the bec off of the the esc and on back in the day and i actually not that long ago we used to always run a separate receiver pack and there's still a lot of a lot of people that still prefer that that's the ultimate power going into your receiver is if you plug a battery in directly and you know of course then it's your responsibility to make sure that your your uh, 2s battery pack or whatever it is that you're running for power is uh, charged because without that you have no power so you don't want to run out of battery in the middle of a flight is my point. Not all battery, not all BECs are the same. So Hobbywing, you know, of course, that, that there's a plug for Hobbywing. I've been on Team Hobbywing now for a few years. They're really one of the ones that made the BEC work in an ESC. Now there's Contronic. I think they always worked. I don't know the specs on a Contronic, but I know on the Hobbywing, and the hobby wing has got a really, really, really strong BEC that that's in it. And so like myself, I don't run a receiver pack. I rely solely on the hobby wing BEC. And, and then I run a backup guard of some sort. Uh, I used to run ultra guards. In fact, I still have some, but then I started using the pulse ultra defender and which is what I'm, what I've been buying, uh, and that's the one I'll probably continue to buy. And I don't know. At some point in time, I may try the Scorpion, but I just wanted to throw that in there. There, the the old school way of thinking is you always run a receiver pack. I have 
several friends that that still run them even on electric models running a hobby wing esc or a or a contronic esc and and that's great if you want to run a receiver pack that's perfect beautiful keep on running it anyway i just wanted to throw that in there on on the bec and you know how you could use it or when to use it of course with nitro you know you always run a receiver a receiver battery you can't use the esc on a nitro nope <laughs> ain't gonna work ain't gonna work well brian if you ha have any more questions on that just shoot me another email appreciate the feedback and letting us know if you have any questions any main topics you think we should hit on let us know that's about it uh buy and sell i have sold the 516 and i may have sold an a7 the current one i just pulled the electronics out of the guy that listens to the show contacted me and we may end up making a deal but i still have the other two backup frames so should be able to make a night helicopter out of them eventually if i get off my butt so you're going to have one ready for Apache Pass? Actually, for Abilene. So for Abilene, he's just going to <laughs> up, up the ante a little bit more, huh? <laughs> Make it even harder. Dude, so, you've got all the stuff to do it. Get off your lazy back end and get it done. Yeah. You just said you're spending all the time with your 3D printer now, and you're letting your hobby go to crap. I know. I, that's why I told them earlier, turning into free fall over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those 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 3D print parts are gonna cost you now. <laughs> <laughs> no more free prints. Kenny Sierra. No, I sold uh I sold one of the Oxy threes I had just because I didn't need to and I have enough parts to fix every fix everything I can crash in anyway. And the A5 I think I mentioned on the last podcast is gone, so I'm going to pick up this X4i from Brent eventually and uh, just see what that's about. Yeah, if I ever get off my dead butt and take it apart and box it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> I may have to just pick it up at the event. That works too. If you're if you're coming, no. I'll have it for you. <laughs> Not like to wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's a couple months. Other than that, has anybody else bought or sold anything? Nope. Just parts. <laughs> uh, parts to fix your X yeah. yeah, it's it's I I really need to get some stuff together and sell some stuff. I got way too much stuff. You should sell me a night helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the right price, we might be able to talk about that, but I have promised you it's not gonna be cheap. Highest bid one dollar. Yeah, I'm out. Besides that, that's about all we had. Unless you know, let's talk about night flying some more. Okay. Have let's... I mentioned how awesome night flying is? <laughs> I mentioned it. I wanted to go over a watch that I saw. I put it on our group chat. Um, yeah, there's some guys in Austria that have been doing some night flying with soccer field lights. They're out at soccer field. The guy's name on Facebook is Andre Trepolt. If I butchered that up, for, please forgive me. But it's A N D 
R-E-I. Last name is T-R-I-P-O-L-T. I'll post this as far as what we watched this week. These guys are really smooth flying style. I've watched um, I watched three or four of these guys fly that are flying in kind of this group, and they're all of their flying styles are really nice to watch and visually aesthetic as far as like it's not just a smack 3D flight. I mean, they are doing some smack stuff, but they're transitioning between like we call it big air to smack stuff in a nighttime soccer field environment. So just something for you guys to look at. I'll post the Facebook link to the Facebook live that he posted. Awesome. Anytime it's at night, it's fun. True. So if that's all we have. Brent can go over the podcast that we all listen to. All right. Enjoy. Yep. I want to say thank you to the other podcasts. Uh, Heliheads with Skids, Yard Sale, Gucci, and Fence Post. Uh, Freefall RC with Kevin, Steve, Andy, and George. Skids Up with Paul, Frank, and Javier. The BK Podcast with Bert and Kyle. Uh, Telerotor with Rich, Michael, Robert, and Mike. Inverted Down Under with Ozzy Mazi and Jeff Smart. The RC Element with Todd. And last but not least, Bill and YouTube. I wanted to make a mention if the hooligans, I don't know where I can even, I tried to find that where I can actually download and listen to some of the older episodes and I can't find it. So Ed, if you're listening, if, if there's some way that somebody can listen to some of the older episodes that you guys did, let us know so we can get that out there. Um, I've tried a couple different ways and the files fail to play. You know, I, I stay in touch with Ed. Maybe we just need to get him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. It should be available. We'll get him on. See what he's about. See if the Scorpion uh, club is open again. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Once, once we get our, uh, our feet on the ground and, and uh, you know, things seem like it's going pretty well. I'll reach out to, Curtis and see if I can't get him on the show as well. But I'd be willing to bet that Ed will come on the show and I'd be willing to bet that he still has all of his recording gear. Cool. Um, he was always good to listen to him and uh, what's the other guy's name? Walt. Walt. Both of them were always a pleasure to listen to. That's kind of why I tried to play some of their older stuff on Podbeam and it keeps airing out. So just wanted to make a touch out to him. Because yeah, if we can get him on the show, we can give Kevin a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. And I know he listens to the show. So when he listens to this, he'll he'll hear all that. Yeah, we just can't have them both on at the same time. No, I I understand that. Be like a New York podcast. Nobody yeah, will really. be able to understand what they're saying. New York guys. That's all I have, guys. If you guys want to contact me, you can send me a message on Facebook. It's Houdini RC Heli podcast. You should be able to find it. If you need to send me an email, it is Houdini RC Heli at gmail.com. I'm going to double check that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Houdini RC Heli at gmail.com. My inbox is now empty besides the two emails. Kenny, if they wanted to reach out with you. 
they can reach me at Kenny Sierra on Facebook, at Kenny S on Run Rider and Helifreak. And you can email me at rcnuts at gmail.com. And Brent. Yeah, you can reach me at uh, Brent Gottlieber on Facebook or Teacher Brent on the forums on Helifreak mostly. 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 <laughs> That's all we got. We're out, guys. Appreciate everybody listening. This thanks, is guys. For the books. Right, thanks for listening, guys. Stay in the box. Don't escape. Later. See you. Later. Yay, the end. Yay, da, 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 the, end. the end.